The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And here we go. It's another Arrowhead Pride emergency podcast. I feel like in previous years, these emergency podcasts were to report what would be good news. And this is, uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if I would call it bad news, but it's definitely franchise-altering news with the Kansas City Chiefs saying goodbye to Tyreek Hill, trading him for what appears to be five draft picks. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. I'm joined by our staff writer, Rocky Magana, our podcast producer, Steven Serta, our lead analyst, Ron Kopp. Ron, as uh, our lead analyst, I'll throw to you first. This is a shock to what is Chiefs Kingdom. How are you feeling? What was your first reaction when you first heard about this happening and now that it's done? My first reaction is that they are absolutely sacrificing the short term. Um, for long-term benefit, apparently, because in my opinion, Tyree Kill, I, you made a great, you had a great tweet, Pete. I called him the best receiver in the NFL. I, you know, I, I get there's more nuance to that, but there is no right. one like Tyree Kill in the NFL. And the Chiefs, he fit perfectly in the offense, and and he was he was he really kind of made the offense what it was. I mean, you look at the 2021 NFL season. He led he led the Chiefs in targets and catches for a reason. I mean, he was he was what Mahomes relied on. He was the short and the, the vertical stuff. I mean, he was he's really the entire offense. What he can do, no one else can replicate. And I I I would have been willing to to get him in you know in Kansas City for two, three, four years. I know they just they announced the contract was four years. Um, I I just am not for trading him. It's just I I just can't find a ju- a great justification for it. Well, Ron, what you were alluding to is is the tweet, and and this is what I said. So I think Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the NFL, but there are a lot of receivers like Devontae Adams. I don't know if I would put Tyree Kill as the number one receiver in the NFL, but he is certainly top five. And I just don't think there's anybody that can do what Tyree Kill can do when it comes from a speed standpoint and really running the offense through him. And that to me, I I think is the biggest thing. When you look at the compensation here, the chiefs received a, first round pick, a second round pick, and a fourth rounder in 2022. I believe that gives them a total of 12 picks in this year's NFL draft, as well as a 2023 fourth rounder and a sixth rounder in 2023. So five picks, and you no longer have that money on the books. John Dixon, our deputy editor, editor just entered, so I'm going to go to him because you've been working on the cap all offseason. Why do you think the Chiefs made this move when it comes to 
the cap. Well, it's tw- there's 22 million re- uh, reasons to make this deal. $22 million in cap space uh, gives the Chiefs a lot of options. Now, it would have been nice maybe if they'd had this money a week ago before the first round of a free agency, but uh, most of the players who went in the first round of free agency, the early picks, were older players the Chiefs might not have wanted to, to get anyway. I would argue at this point they could do more with 20, $22 million uh, paid to a bunch of uh, players that need less money uh, to come to the Chiefs than they could by spending this money on one deal for a, for a big player who might be 29 or 30 years old. So uh, that's going to be part of it as well. I personally feel like uh, those, that, those two picks next to each other in the first round are going to go to some other team and the Chiefs are going to be uh, down there in the early part of the round uh, and get a, a big player in the draft. I think what is a big part of this, because we're already seeing the Dolphin money come through, uh, mm-hmm. is that he ended up getting what appears to be a a three-year, uh, $75 million extension as part of the trade, and he has more guaranteed money than Devontae Adams got. And the initial number from what I can see, and Adam Schefter has it here, is a four-year, $120 million extension and that includes $72.2 million guaranteed. So he's getting more average per year and more guaranteed. And for what it's worth, Tyreek's representation probably identified that he could get that eye-popping number and was not going to settle for anything less. If we're going to be fair here, we also have to say that organizations can cut players at any time, and we never really think about it twice. And this is a player who... He's sacrificing a little bit of legacy here. You're going to play with Tua mm-hmm. and, and not Patrick Mahomes, but that's your right. You should know your worth and his worth, obviously, because someone was willing to give it to him was $30 million per year. Steve, uh, I'll go to you. Now you've been following this all morning. We thought it was going to be a quieter morning uh, here at <laughs> arrowheadpride.com uh, and, and quite the opposite. What's been your reaction to all the news? I'm just wondering at what point this off season, the chiefs decided, okay, it's not just straight up retooling and going on another run because a, a move like this, that's what it says to me is okay. With the AFC West being so stacked, all these teams going all in because they know they have to beat us every year and they have to beat Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reed. I think there was a turning point in this NFL off season where they were like, we can't put it all together this season the way we have the last couple of years where we went right. out and we totally rebuilt the defense. We went out and we totally rebuilt the offensive line. And they knew this was going to be a, a huge offseason of change for them, the biggest that they've had in the last few years, even after they rebuilt those because they had so many holes who were going to hit the market and, and leave this roster. And so this to me feels like, you know, Tyreek Hill, highest paid wide receiver in the NFL now by whichever metric you look at after signing this extension, I would have to imagine the Chiefs were willing to go over 20 million per year or whatever the number was for them. Yeah. But once Devontae Adams got paid and he saw how much money Devontae Adams got, right. those conversations probably changed. And the Kansas City Chiefs just said, it's time for us to retool for the future and see what we can get for one of the three best wide receivers in the NFL. Two points off of that. And it also stems into what John was talking about a little bit. The Chiefs wanted to retain Tyree Kill. They wanted to. Yes. They were yeah. working on a deal with him. Those talks were real. 
they were giving him a lot of money to continue playing with the best quarterback in the NFL. And it simply came down to what I think, in my opinion, was money, which again, can't really necessarily blame him for that. That's his right. And just it, it, the legacy was not worth giving up what would have been X amount of money to continue playing with probably the perfect match for you at quarterback. This is something that we've said for years now that Patrick Mahomes and Tyree kill are the perfect match. When you match the arm strength and the downfield accuracy and what can, what Hill can do downfield. I mean, he's going to play with Tua Tua. the whole thing that, that it's is going on with Tua is he doesn't have the arm strength to hit a player like Hill. You're sacrificing yardage. You, you know, you're sacrificing something, but the money was worth it to him. And now he, it appears to be the, the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Rocky, I'll go to you now. And as we're shifting gears here a little bit, we have an aftermath here. The number one wide receiver on the chiefs is Juju Smith Schuster, <laughs> right? It, that's where we're at right now. So where do you think this leaves the chiefs when it comes to, um, 2022, how are you feeling about this team and its chances, especially in a, a reloaded AFC West? Well, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Sitting at where we're at right now, the Chiefs passing attack is worse than it was an hour ago. I mean, that's just a simple fact. Um, I think that this is the best possible news for Juju Smith-Schuster on a one-year contract mm -hmm. coming to the Chiefs. I mean, he automatically becomes... I think probably a top 10 fantasy wide receiver next, you know, as things sit right now um, with this sort of draft capital though, you, you have to think that Brett Veach has, you know, a plan B in mind. Plan A was probably retaining Tyreek Hill, but the money just yeah. made that impossible. So I think, I think now plan B is probably going after a wide receiver very high in the draft, possibly a, a Jameson Williams from Alabama or a Garrett Wilson out of Ohio state. And he probably has his sights set on a player like that to replace him. What has been interesting about this. And you saw right away, the connection between former Packers wide receiver, Marquez Valdez Scantling and the chiefs, Ron, I'll go back to you as our lead film analyst. Um, not to put this, uh, too amusingly and, and lightly, but that doesn't feel like an exact comp. What do you, what do you think? Uh, what do you think they were going for there in, in trying to connect MVS as part of the Chiefs it, it, with Hill going to Miami? I mean, MVS, what he does bring you is he's a vertical threat. He he can get he has long speed. He can beat you know people down the field, win vertically. You know he has the big body to to win. You know on catches down the field. But that's not all what Tyreek did, so I don't know why that was the the natural comp. I mean, we obviously have seen Tyreek evolve as a receiver. He used to right. kind of just be a gadget guy, but man, now he is, he, he's he's elite at every level of the field. Whether he's catching it behind the line of scrimmage, ten yards down the field, or thirty yards downfield. I mean, Tyreek Hill was 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 an all around great receiver. You know, he still is obviously. And MVS is more of just a specialized deep threat. I I wouldn't be very excited about that move, honestly. I think. What you get from MBS, you could get a lot of from McColl in a certain role. And but here's the whole thing, and I, and and we talk about Juju too getting signed. You know, it was exciting. I, I was really excited about the Juju signing, but that's if he's a wide receiver too. If he is your primary number one wide receiver, it's not as exciting. It's not as we've, we've seen already Juju seen that too. hasn't worked, right, Ron? Yes, exactly. No, that's that's the thing. I mean, that's why it was so exciting for Juju to be the wide receiver two here because that's where he fits. I think that's his role. What it should be in the NFL. So all that to say. The Chiefs are putting themselves in a really hard position to to have a legitimate, a really good receiving core next year. Yeah, maybe in a few years they'll they'll you know they'll have some draft picks and it all come together. But 
they won't have one of the best receiving cores in the NFL anymore, even if you're including Travis Kelsey, in my opinion, because after Juju and Travis Kelsey, it, it you know, it drops off quite a bit. And, and we'll see what they do in the draft. It'll be important. I think with the player, this came down to money and the fact that he he lives in Miami. I, I believe he mm-hmm. has a fiance yeah. or a girlfriend that lives in Miami and, and he wanted to be there and he was ready to move on. And again, he, he simply just wanted to to make the, the money. And now what it leaves the Chiefs in the aftermath is trying to fill that void. Tyreek Hill had 159 targets in 2021, 159. So you're basically running the offense through him. And I think what you're getting now is the next iteration of the Chiefs. And yeah, you, you got one Super Bowl. You ended up getting Super Bowl two Super Bowl trips, but you got to relock and reload. I, I mean, we're still at the very beginning stages of this thing in the fourth or fifth year of Patrick Mahomes. And, and you know, I, I think you see the Brady arc because of the start uh, to Mahomes' career that that he had. Tom Brady. And I believe Brandon Kylie wrote an article for us this offseason on it. Tom Brady had many different iterations of what were his career, more so with the New England Patriots. This Bucks thing is a whole other thing. And we're not worrying about Patrick Mahomes' second team in 2040. We're not going to talk about that on, on today's podcast. But you saw different receivers over the years. You, you had different um, types of the teams in which he was able to win championships with. And this came to a situation where, where the Chiefs weren't willing to devote that much cap space. And I just think back to last year, and this is more in the aftermath of the team, and I'm not sure, like, like I said, and this is why I brought up the Miami and, and money point, I don't think this is the reason Tyreek left. But if you really think about the team last year, a lot of opposing teams were taking away what Tyreek Hill really lived to do, which was getting connection with, with the deep ball. And it made the Chiefs play a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage and – in a way, okay, now you're really going to have to live unless you get going out and get a home run deep threat uh, along the line of scrimmage. I also want to bring up the point about McCall Hardman, and then I'll throw it to you, John. McCall Hardman, at several times this year in press conferences, would say, look, guys, I'm behind Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. I don't know what you want me to do with, mm-hmm. with that situation. Well, there's a lot of targets for Hardman right now, and if you go back to when Hardman was drafted at that time, we didn't know if Tyreek Hill would ever play right. in the NFL again. We didn't know if Tyreek Hill would ever play for the Chiefs again. And so they went and got, I believe, what they felt would be as close to a hill as you can get. Well, John, now Tyreek Hill will never play for the Chiefs again. So that is happening. And Hardman, of course, is still on the team entering a big year. What is a contract year for him? Right. Well, this is obviously tremendous news for McCole Hardman. He actually gets an opportunity uh, to try to become the Chiefs number one receiver. Whether or not he's capable of doing that, I think is still open to question. Um, You know, we can make all the arguments we want that he's never stepped up to be the second wide receiver. But I think it's really hard uh, for a player to have done that in the situation that the Chiefs have had the last few years with Kelsey and Hill as the top two receivers. So, and I think it's fair, uh, like uh, Rocky and Ron have alluded to, that uh, to say that the Chiefs' wide receivers' core is worse now than it was when the day began. I think that's fair. But I also think it's fair to say, that Tyreek Hill needs Patrick Mahomes a lot more than Patrick Mahomes needs Tyreek Hill. And, um, you know, they together have become something very special. Whether or not uh, Hill can be that special with another quarterback, I think is open to question. But I think it's not really that arguable that another receiver could get that kind of connection with Mahomes. 
whether that'll be McCall Hardman or Juju Smith-Schuster, or, you know, maybe the Chiefs trade up and get Drake London. Who knows how this thing is going to end up playing out. Um, so uh, I, th- I think there's still reason to be confident that the Chiefs offense will find a way to go forward. Maybe not this year, but certainly in the years to come. Yeah, they, they do now also have the, the 29th and, and 30th picks. And now you could use two first rounders to get higher in the first right. round when it comes to uh, the NFL draft. So they can go in a lot of different ways. I still think edge is the biggest need. I want to remind people, and I've said this on a number of podcasts that we've done together, John. We were really confused around this time last year about who that left tackle was going to be. Right. And what I'd say about Ron's point here is, you know, now we're thinking Juju Smith Schuster is going to be the number one receiver. I just think there's a lot of time left to be. Now you have two first rounders right. where you can move mm-hmm. a first rounder for maybe a guy that's disgruntled that we don't necessarily know about. As John was saying, perhaps you could trade up in the NFL draft. I just don't think this is the final version of the chiefs offense and they have enough pieces. You still have the best tight end that we would say in the league. If you want to argue that he's not okay, he's in the top three or four. Um, he's an incredible weapon that helps open up receivers. I think you need a speed guy, another one. And I think that's why the chiefs are talking to MBS, but I have to think Steve that they're going to put another receiver in the mix by the time this, this regular season gets started. Well, and you know, as far as first round compensation goes, you know, it was between the Jets and the Dolphins and the Jets have a lot more and much better first round picks than the Dolphins had. So I would have liked to have seen you get more than the 29th overall pick in the first round. But as you mentioned, that's that's currency to move up a little bit. And one thing that I do like about this year's draft is that it is deep at wide receiver. And so you don't necessarily need a top 10 pick to go get that guy. And with them getting all of those picks from the dolphins, it does make it easier. If there's a guy that you view as like a number one wide receiver, who's still available, like the 15 to 25 range or something like that, just to package a few picks and move up and go get that dude. So I like that. I think that they have to invest in wide receiver in the draft now, without a doubt. Maybe they do bring in MVS. I don't, I don't think that there's anybody else maybe Odell Beckham if they're serious, but you know, he's coming off the knee injury. I I think this is a big statement on, we know what we got in Patrick Mahomes. We know we can't just keep paying our veteran players forever and going all in. So we're going to go heavy on the draft this year. We're going to try to retool this roster with young and expensive players and hope that we hit on some stars and, and that those guys can develop around Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes will make them stars. Yeah, and, and you mentioned the NFL draft, and now, uh, in addition to the Chiefs, in my opinion, gaping hole at the edge position, they do need a number one wide receiver. And so, Ron, you've been all over this draft stuff, doing coverage for us on Mondays and Fridays. What do you think may be available with these two picks, whether you're trading up or trading back? What can the Chiefs do maybe at wide receiver here? Well, just today, we've already seen that uh, Daniel Jeremiah, obviously a very plugged in NFL draft guy for NFL Network. Um, he is linking us to Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama. Um, you know, he's a guy that if he didn't get hurt in the national championship, he tore his ACL, then he would have probably gone as one of the probably the highest receiver picked. Um, he's got that pedigree. Alabama always has that receiver pedigree. Um, but he's definitely a guy that would fit what the Chiefs are looking for now that Tyreek's gone. He's a guy that can definitely win deep, but also, you know, just win kind of all over the field. He's definitely a good all around receiver. But, yeah, he, you may not have him for the 2022 season. 
Um, so he's an option that, you know, maybe if you're looking in the long term, maybe you think about him because maybe you wouldn't be able to get him if he was healthy. So it's a steal in that way. You know, some other options, too. You know, you, you see a guy like you mentioned, Drake London. He's a bigger kind of guy. You know, he's, he'd be more of a, uh, you know, a, not of a not a speed threat, more of an X receiver type winning, you know, contested catches. You know, one guy that that is it might be kind of where they may not even need to trade up is Chris Olave, the Ohio State wide receiver. Definitely a speed threat, definitely a, a very good route runner, um, something that maybe they're looking for. So, yeah, no, the, Steve's right. Steven, Steven's right for sure. It is a good receiver class to need a receiver, even if it's not in the first round. There's definitely some second round options. A guy like Calvin Austin, the Memphis receiver, you know, he's a kind of shorter, really fast dude, track star kind of guy. You weren't thinking about him before. Maybe now you consider him a little more now that Tyreek's not in the picture. So, yeah, it, it'll be a fun. It'll be kind of fun to, to see what receivers now. We're going to look into that a lot more now. It's, it'll be fun to do that, but nothing will be able to replace what Tyreek was giving us. John, gear up uh, because we are getting two first round picks back to back on draft on opening out of the draft. Oh, boy. We are <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna be rolling in work. Um, Rock, I want to go to you. And because you, you really have a nice pulse to this team, you do that Rockies World uh, article for us on Fridays, the column for us at Arrowhead Pride. If you're a player in the Chiefs locker room, what do you, what do you think you're feeling right now? I, I know that we've seen a, a few tweets. I think Colin Saunders <laughs> tweeted out a curse word. Uh, so how do you think that the locker room is responding to, to this news? Yeah, I mean, Colin Saunders was all but begging Tyreek Hill not to leave, you know. Um, <laughs> I think when you have a guy who's been as big of a part of this team as Tyreek Hill has during this run of unprecedented success, that when one of your – major players leaves it's i mean it's 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 a gut shot to the locker room um i think that it's definitely leaves a void um on the offense as far as a personality standpoint goes i mean tyreek hill was always good for us for a uh for a quote as well you know he never really held back at the podium too much um so i think inside the locker room i think there's a lot of guys that are going to kind of be looking for that that veteran kind of like offensive um Swag, I guess, is, is lack of a better word. You know, he was the guy who always had that attitude that I was that we were better than everybody else, and that you were never too far behind, and that we can come back. And so, there's definitely a, a, a space available that somebody needs to step up and fill that Terry Kill's leaving behind. Yeah, you know what? I I think that's an interesting leadership point. I think he had slowly but surely become one of the the leaders uh, in in the locker room, uh, and you have a void on the defensive side too. So just, it's going to be a very, I think that's the biggest thing now, especially with Matthew presumably gone and Hill now gone. This is going to be a very, very different chiefs team than we have seen in several years past. And what I, what I'd say is that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a losing chiefs team. I'm, I'm eager to see what, what the odds do when it comes to the chiefs chances in the AFC West I I'd still based upon Patrick Mahomes and the fact that we have an all hell off season to go believes they'll at least be favorites, if not second favorites to another team. I think they're going to be right there. Right. Because we saw, I believe it was the Denver Broncos creeping up uh, in the odds. Uh, but I, I think I just want to close here and I'll, I'll go around. Um, but I, I think John, I'll, I'll start with you as we, we close out here for some final comments. But I, I think we, as you're looking at the career arc of, of, of Hill, from 16 to 21, John Dorsey drafts him. You had the whole community up in arms with everything. The Chiefs gave him a chance. There was another incident. The Chiefs gave him another opportunity. The contract was like very strategic about, okay, if he's going to play, whatnot, not guaranteeing. And I, I think over the years, we saw someone really develop into a very great 
player and, and a really someone who gave back to the community in Kansas City. And so it's been a fun player to watch. He has a Super Bowl ring. Just a few words about what Tyreek Hill maybe meant to this team in, in what has been this stretch of time. And I guess you could close here too, John, as our, our token Chiefs historian. Do you feel that this is a ring of honor player for Kansas City? Oh, and as we lose, <laughs> as we lose, John, um, Rocky, why don't we stick with you? Same, same question. I'll go back to you on that question. Um, yeah, I think this is a future Ring of Honor um, player. Um, I think that he's done enough in his career to uh, to warrant that. I think that he's one of those guys who's going to come back when it's all said and done and bang the drum, and Chiefs fans are going to welcome him back. Um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily. Um, I think that the Chiefs did right by Tyreek Hill um, all along. You know, they they gave him a shot, and then they believed in him you know, when the second situation arose. And I think at some point he, it reached a point with Brett Veach where the money was just too high. And they thought that we, we've been by, we stood by this guy, but we just, it's time to, it's time to move on. Steve, I'll, I'll go to you for some final comments before throwing a run. This may be kind of prisoner of the moment, but it's kind of what I've been thinking about all morning. And I, I think that I've had this thought kind of coming into this offseason was you know, the makeup of this current Chiefs team wasn't going to last forever. Right. And in the NFL, you want to be ahead of those things, not behind them. And I think this was the first move that really says we're trying to get ahead of this thing. And so I don't think the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC West today. I, I don't see how you could believe that. I think you're lying to yourself if you do. Right. Um, but there's still obviously Patrick Mahomes is the guy that you need to put this all together. So I do think that the championship window for that team is closed now. And, you know, that four year run, four consecutive AFC championship games, two Super Bowls, one Super Bowl title, like, all of that has been incredible. I think that that window is closed now and they're going to try to retool, hit on these draft picks and build this thing up again for the future. So I'm excited to see where that goes, but also still just a little bummed that, you know, that that run seems like it's over now. Ron, we'll, we'll turn to you. You know, it makes me think like how they picture 2022 or how they're, how they're planning for it, I guess. Like, is it kind of just a, a, a transition year? You know, we talk about the Frank Clark restructure, you know, Steve Spagnolo, we're losing, we're losing a few pieces like Hitch and Tyron from the defense. Like, is there a chance that, that we're kind of just maybe next year we get a, we have a new DC and there's a new wave. I mean, I just, it, it makes me feel like they're not treating 2022 as a, as a year to be a contender and, and kind of what to Serta's point right there. And, you know, yeah, there could still be some moves coming, but I just, I, 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 in my opinion, I think this makes them first of all, a lot worse in the short term, but. I just really don't think you can you can find a guy like Tyreek Hill. I think he fit perfectly in the offense, and I think you pay him whatever it takes. And yeah, maybe yeah, maybe the whole thing is that it got screwed up, as, as Steve was talking about earlier with the contracts with with Christian Kirk getting paid in Jacksonville. And I even you know one tweet that I it is interesting. I mean, ever since Bill O'Brien traded away DeAndre Hopkins and they extended him and made him this twenty seven million dollar receiver, the receiver market's just been completely jacked up, and that has something to do with it too. But all that to say. I just I, I'm sad to see Tyreek go. I, I I really think he fit. He was the perfect player for the Chiefs' offense, and I think they're really gonna have to change some things around. Maybe that, and maybe that's the other thing. Maybe the offense is different next year. Maybe we, we there is more of a run emphasis, and it's not as spread as it always has been. So, 
it'll be interesting, but it just makes me think that this will be more of a transition year and, and we may not learn. We may not, there may not be a lot to learn about the, the chiefs for 2022. We may start learning about them more in 2023 and all that kind of thing. I think you guys are, are right on here. And I, I think Steve, you're right to say this division is, is up for anyone. I mean, it's up literally any, I could see any team winning this division. That's the unfortunate reality of, I, I think what we have seen this off season. I do have some uh, draft Kings numbers in front of us. Uh, the chiefs pre-free agency were plus seven fifty to win the super bowl. Um, the Super Bowl odds are down right now. They were plus 400 to win the AFC. Now they're plus 500 to win the AFC. So they lost 100 points there. And they were minus 175 to win a division. They're still the division favorites, which is actually quite quite incredible. And it, and it says a lot. But their odds are down to plus 155. They were minus 175. So you used to have to shell out minus 175 in order to uh, win 100 bucks back. Now you can bet 100 and get plus money back. But they're, they do still have... The, the best odds to win the division. John, we lost you for a second. I just want to give you one final opportunity for any closing words on this Tyreek Hill trade. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a Jets fan hacked into my feed to get me out of this discussion. <laughs> yeah, just doesn't not, want to not... hear any more about them maybe <laughs> getting Tyreek Hill. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened there. You know, I, my first reaction to this thing, uh, and I apologize if I'm covering ground other people uh, covered while the Jets fan was messing with my internet feed, uh, but the, my first reaction to this thing was to be surprised because I, like most any other fan, I would feel like Tyreek Hill uh, would have felt that he owed the Chiefs the opportunity to uh, get him for the final part of his career. Um, but it just shows, I think, that uh, when it comes right down to it, NFL players are about money. And um, that's a lesson that I think is hard for us to learn and hard for us to accept because we don't want to feel that way about our favorite players. But uh, this shows, I think, pretty clearly that uh, that money was a big issue in this in this transaction, because certainly uh, there are a few NFL players whose franchises have stood behind them more than the Chiefs have for Tyreek Hill. So I, it's sad, but uh, but it's good for Tyreek Hill. I'm, I'm glad that after all he's been through, that he's been able to, to get this deal that he wanted. So I congratulate him for that. And 21 million comes off the books now. So yeah, that idea that the chiefs didn't have money to spend. I, I mean, as John, you said earlier in the, in the podcast, it would have been nice to have known this earlier. So maybe a Chandler Jones might be in Kansas city, but uh, they couldn't come to an agreement with Hill. That that's something that I think we got to hang on to. They, they exhausted it. And they just essentially said, we're not going to sacrifice as much as Miami's willing to sacrifice cap wise for what is this contract. And so the chiefs end up trading Tyree kill to the Miami dolphins for five draft picks Leads leaves a lot of of targets to go around. Uh, Rocky, your boy Defoe, uh, Darius Fountain will be in the mix. Who knows what Josh <laughs> Gordon, Corey Coleman's out there, Cornell Powell. I think, and I I don't think we're done here with a lot of these names getting thrown yeah. at the position. I think you see a premium draft pick. I wouldn't rule out a trade for maybe not a Tyree kill, but for an interesting receiver that you say, oh, I don't know. You pair him with Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster. Maybe this offense can tick in a different way. And if you're a Chiefs fan and you're upset, can't blame you, but you got to hold on to the fact that like Andy Reid had a lot of successful years where he didn't have the fastest man on the planet yeah. and still made the playoffs more years than not. And so I think that's the ultimate trump card as well. The best offensive play caller in the NFL uh, you still have that in Kansas City, and it's going to be a very uh, different-looking team. And I don't want to call it a rebuilding year. I think it's better to say mini-rebuild or a transitional year. 
And now with seven teams in the AFC, you may not be winning the AFC by, I've said that I think it's going to be the Buffalo Bills because of their road, but you still should be in the playoffs. And we have seen over the years here, you don't have to be the top seed to necessarily win the Super Bowl. So I think it's going to be an interesting year. It'll still be a fun year that includes some playoff football in Kansas City. And don't forget, there is a long offseason to go. So thank you to John Dixon. Thank you to Rocky Lagania. Thank you to Steven Serta. Thank you for Ron Cop. Another edition, an unfortunate edition of the Arrowhead Pride Emergency Podcast. Thank you.